Do you ever wonder how great leaders in the community make things happen? When they encounter new unexpected challenges like a pandemic, how do they continue to successfully make an impact? Welcome to That Sounds Terrific, the podcast that connects you with these amazing people. Get insights on what they do to meet their goals. Find out how you can help them in their mission and learn their methods so you can be more successful at what you do. Welcome to That Sounds Terrific with host Nick Koziel. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of That Sounds Terrific. Joining me today is the terrific Mitch Wissick, and he is our professor <laughs> of comedy. <laughs> uh, I brought him on to our other show, That Sounds Terrifying, and we just had to have him on That Sounds Terrific because he's a terrific guy. Welcome to the show, Mitch. Thanks, Nick. Good to be here. It's the second time you've called me professor now, yeah, which yeah. is... Uh, it's uh you know flattering the professor right? of comedy well i do come from you know a higher ed background the only th- and... <laughs> there you go yeah it's the only thing i'll ever be the professor of professor of <laughs> comedy never, never be a professor that's it yeah professor of of love professor of many things right um well the reason <laughs> the reason we i wanted to have you on the show is because uh we do improv comedy together and it's been sort of a, a great experience for me to get back on stage. But there's so many things that like improv does for people's lives that, you know, um, could be extremely helpful, right? It's not just about being on stage. There's a lot more to it. And um, I wanted to have you kind of come on and talk a little bit about, you know, improv from that light. But also, obviously, there there's this really cool class we're taking. And I, I want other people to like, kind of join in on that. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah, I yeah, I, I I love to hear you say that it has like effects on other things rather than just being on stage. Because I feel like uh, the fundamentals of improv, um, like just it, it's something so profoundly positive that I think that if people studied it just in their everyday lives, I think it it, it has um, you know benefits. I feel like in just dealing with children and mm-hmm. dealing with your your work everyday occurrences i'm i'm sitting there going like okay yes and you know like the two the the fundamentals of improv being yes and and um i think like just that that initial agreement on okay it could be the worst situation possible we could be driving on the throughway and i've got a a flat tire yep Yep. this is a flat tire and (laughs) i'm going (laughs) going to call a tow truck and the tow truck company is going to leave, you know, whatever it is, but right. it's, uh, yeah, it, it, finding improv um, at a young age, I feel like had a profound effect on my life. So I'm glad to be able to share it and, and your group especially has caught on. So I've probably, um, I think I've said it before, like I've probably taught, you know, you guys might be like my 10th class or so, you know, total mm-hmm. like in, in teaching. So it's not like I've done a ton of these. But you guys caught on very quick, and um, you know we just got done with our third session here with our Improv 103 at the Comedy at the Carlson, and um, you guys have been doing awesome. What was your yeah. name this time? Oh, it was the Oblivious Tonys this time. I like how we changed the name. <laughs> yeah. class. Well, we do change the cast a little bit, yeah. and uh, you know it's good for yeah. everyone to have like a little say, and and usually it's some sort of running gag, and um you know before we before we get into that i'd love to hear just a little bit more about you and how you got into improv and like what brought you there um it'd be great to hear a little bit of history around that so 
How did you get to, to so, improv? So I was a terrible student in school. <laughs> Horrible. Like I would, I, I was like, just kind of like, I was such a, I was a class clown and um, always like in trouble, but just like mischievous trouble, like nothing serious. Like I'm not doing hard drugs or anything crazy or, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, kidnapping, no kidnapping <laughs> or anything <laughs> like that. You know, I was like, this is mischievous and like, you know, always in and out of the principal's office or some dumb snarky thing I said, you know, some hard ass thing I said to a teacher. And, um, you know, I was just a C minus student. So I didn't have a lot of options when it came to college. I ended up going to Genesee Community College at 18. And um, I got into their theater program. I didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. I was like either take a communications program at MCC or a theater program at GCC. Mm-hmm. And so I took the theater program and uh, I ended up taking like an, uh, like an improv uh, introductory to improv class right off the bat, you know, in the first semester. And um, we ended up um, having a group from uh, two groups came in. So uh, the Neo Futurists came in to mm-hmm. Rochester and we saw them. They were actually a Jiva. And um, that was like loosely, it was some improv stuff. So they would do like uh, 30, uh, 30 plays in 60 minutes was their whole thing. And they'd be like kind of improv. It was like working with the audience and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then we got to see uh, second city. Mm-hmm. And um, so I saw second city and that was kind of like a revelation. And I, and I, um, I got into all these like theater, you know, the plays in college and everything. And I was um, um, like, just kind of hooked on being an actor. And mm-hmm. so like my next evolution from there was like, okay, I was going to do a two plus two program. And I got into the School of Visual Arts in Manhattan. So I'm like, now I'm going from the country of Batavia, you know, the rural yeah. Batavia to New York City. And um, no culture the second shock night there. I'm in New York City, yeah, a little culture shock. And I grew up in Williamson, which is like, you know, Apple country, USA. Yeah. And so the second night I'm getting settled, um, you know, I meet a group of people, uh, you know, all these kids at, at film school. And now I'm going for like screenwriting and directing. So it wasn't like I was really going for acting even at the school. Yeah. And um, the second night we're there, we go to see the Upright Citizens Brigade in Chelsea. So UCB Chelsea. And I was like hooked. I couldn't believe what these people were doing on stage. I'm like, this isn't scripted. Like, this is just completely improv. And it was long form, which I had never really seen before uh, performed. You know, like I teach you guys a little bit of both long form and short form. But like, uh, you know, having... Uh, you know, seeing that long form, like have them go for, you know, an hour and have it kind of be cohesive and coming in and out of reoccurring characters and everything else was, uh, it was amazing. So I was hooked and I couldn't find time in my schedule to take, they only offered daytime classes. Mm -hmm. And so I couldn't find time in my schedule to get um, like a daytime class because I had all these like, you know, studio classes for college. So I ended up taking uh, two weeks off of school in the middle of a semester, getting caught up on all my work, and I took and I took an intensive. So mm-hmm. I did a two week intensive for my one on one class. It was taught by Shannon O'Neill, who's an amazing uh, improv artist and the actress. And um, and I was hooked. Uh, I went through it. I, I you guys grasped it way better than I did. <laughs> I think at the beginning, I just thought I was supposed to be like you know the center of attention. And, and just like, hey, look at me, I'm making jokes up here. Yeah. And I didn't really get it. But then, um, you know, after, after, like at the end of that session, I just was like, everything just started to click. 
and I became obsessed. And so I spent most of my time at UCB. Um, you know, fast forward a little bit. Uh, you know, I did plays. I stayed active within uh, the the theater there. And, and uh, I come back to Rochester, you know, years later, like six years later. And um, I got cast in Jiva Comedy Improv. Mm-hmm. And so that was like a tight-knit group of people. And we did comedy at um, – at Jiva Theater, we do like two, three shows a month, sometimes even like four shows a month there. Mm-hmm. And um, it was really great. So it was like on the next stage there. I don't I think they might call it like the fielding stage or something else now. Um, but yeah, I did that for years and years with a group of people. There was probably five or six of us in that group. And, and uh, we got like best comedy group in Rochester every year for a bunch of years. And uh, funny enough, a group called Nuts and Bolts was also performing uh, <laughs> mainly short form improv in rochester and um we were doing more like long form stuff at jiva and nuts and bolts would always get like the runner up (laughs) and in 20 uh in 2018 um we stopped doing jiva comedy improv like that program went away and i got cast in the in the nuts and bolts with uh frank staracci who had been doing you know short form improv in in rochester for you know 20 plus years so yeah um when yeah, Frank was a guest on this group. show. We we had we had nuts and bolts, and we talked about that too. So cool. Yeah. So yeah, just years and years of improv comedy, and like you know, being with, with those guys, and like I've had so much formal training, and yeah. you know, Frank never had any formal training. He was kind of like you know, like one of those chefs that like learned in, in the restaurant, where I was like, you know, the guy who got sent to like culinary school. So like the the um, you know the balance of frank and i is like it's like an awesome thing because frank is just a wealth of knowledge for doing it forever and mm-hmm. i come at it from like a little bit of a like a more of like structured like okay well you know we need to have a platform a tilt and a resolution and a story or a scene on stage or right. you know he hadn't done it that way before but so it's great like i think we work together really well and you know i've kind of offshot and for the past you know a little over a year been teaching these classes at, at comedy at the carlson and it's yeah. been awesome, you know? Yeah, it has. I mean, just speaking from experience and like, you know, it's just so funny what popped in my head when you were, I'm formally trained uh, in the improv yeah, arts. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, um, so it just, it seems like another character is developing well, right here, right it's, now. Well, it's right? Not even, <laughs> like maybe not say formally trained, but like I paid the money, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like even back then, like that intensive was yeah. like 300 bucks right. or something like that. It was like over 300 bucks. Like, so, you know, I paid the money to go through those, those programs and at least learn and, and have, uh, you know, I don't know, paid my dues to, to right? literally. I paid money to learn what Frank knows how to do by just <laughs> yeah, doing it. Yeah, Frank, right? you want to do it? And I just, I, I, I paid. It, so. uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was great. Like, you know, I came up through the ranks with like, you know, people that were ahead of me in those, in those programs and some of the teachers or people you've seen on shows like The Office and yeah. The League, and um, you know Dimitri Martin was at the comedy cl- at, at uh, UCB all the time, along with like Aziz Ansari and, and and some of these mm-hmm. comedians. So I got to see firsthand for you know five or six years of these guys really you know just paving the way of what we see now is you know amazing comedy. You know, it's like a it's like an explosion now. I mean, yeah. comedy is everywhere. People are looking at stand up. They're looking at improv, and yeah, you know, it's it's kind of incredible. So, what sparked the classes? I mean, how did that like come to fruition? Like, I know you've done you've done a couple. You said, but so where did that idea come from? It's crazy. So, I can remember this was like a couple of years ago. Like, we were sitting, we were rehearsed in this place, um, 
oh man, Frank would know the name of it, I forget, but it's this like little theater in, in Fairport. Okay. And uh, we were using it as like an off, we, you know, we didn't have the space to come into Carlson. We were sitting there and I came in and I had come to tell Frank that I didn't want to perform anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I've, I kind of hit a place in my, I think my professional life and personal life where I just felt like, okay, I was about to be 40 years old. I was like, you know, getting older. I've been doing this for, you know, 20 years or whatever. I'm like, I don't know if I want to perform. I'd rather just be behind the scenes and like help direct, help make our cast better. And then just kind of be the, you know, the, the behind the scenes, like the director of, yeah. of, of nuts and bolts if I could, you know, cause it's Frank's baby. I'd never step on that. You know what I mean? But I, I thought that I could help maybe just get the fundamentals there and take us to like the, the next level. And so he was all about it, which is amazing. For, just amazing for Frank to be able to do that. You know what I mean? To not say, okay, ego aside, everything. Yeah. Um, let's see what you're talking about, what you want to do. And so then from there, um, I just kind of threw out the the idea to Frank and to, to Mark at the comedy club of like, Hey, like, what if we, you know, the, the teaching was going well, you know, like uh, yeah. the directing and the teacher was going well internally. So, you know, let's, can we do some classes here? I think you got this amazing facility. And then Mark was super cool about it. He's, you know, you know, uh, Mark at Blue at, at Comedy at the Carlson was mm-hmm. like, yeah, let's, let's do it. And so he just kind of said, let's see how much buzz we can generate. And, you know, in the first class, I think we had like 12 people mm-hmm. and uh, well, away we went. So we've always had yeah. like, you know, over 10 every single session, which is a lot, you know, I've done classes before where you have like six people. I've done them before we had more than that. I think 10 is a good number though. You get more than yeah. that with one person. It's kind of hard to get a grasp on how everyone's doing you know yeah but yeah it's been it's been a crazy ride so far with the with the well, classes i loved it i think you've just proven that you're a professor so you know <laughs> classically trained you're teaching classes you know um so but i think you know for me it, it was a great opportunity the way that we connected um was through Jessica Connolly, right? And and through uh her experience yeah, that, in Rochester. Yeah, that was another big like catalyst in all this is that they that you guys at Visit Rochester wanted that uh a session, like a class session talk. Yeah. And they kind of nominated me to do it because that's what I was doing. And then that kind of came out of that too at mm-hmm. the same time. I was like, all right, you guys picked it, like I said, like that was just one session. What do we have? Yeah. Like two, three hours. I might've given you like an extra yeah. two hours. Yeah. I think it was like three hours and then we came in it early. Was just right. And I don't even think I could come in that early. Cause I think I had ex- yeah. like something beforehand. So it wasn't everybody, but what I, <laughs> what I loved about it for me, like, you know, I was not classically trained. Um, I, I did theater and, and some comedy stuff and, and things like when I was younger in high school and then went to a, a performing arts school. Right. So when I went there, I'm like, I'm going to be involved with music. I am going to be, you know, I was thinking music major. I was thinking like theater and all that stuff. Quickly saw like how freaking competitive and cutthroat it was, even just at a, like a, a very small, like <laughs> liberal arts school, right? That like, you know, when you look at the alumni list, yeah, some people come famous, some people have Grammys, some people have the, but it isn't like a Juilliard or, you know what I mean? So I'm like yeah. a professor who, who uh, you know, I won't name, he was, he, he, he was, uh, a little bit of a jerk, but he was like, "You're not gonna go anywhere." <laughs> he said so, that. So, like Frank yeah. always tells a story like that. He tells, I think he told it on this on the on the podcast. Same thing. Yeah. And I had I had a professor too that like I was doing like theater and I was doing all this like very 
dramatic lighting and like musical stuff in these. Right. I, I got to direct a, a short Tennessee Williams play um, called The Strangest Kind of Romance. And and it was like very like, you know, almost like Paul Thomas Sanderson. Yeah. Like I was like, you know, using lights and music and all this. And he just goes, the theater isn't for you. <laughs> go to go, if you want to make if you want to make movies go to hollywood you know right. what i mean so it's like okay thanks yeah you know, yeah so i, I, I had think a, i think it's always good to have jerks like that because it kind of pushes you a little bit and and i think it should have it should have definitely pushed me but at the time <laughs> and remember my life i'm like okay i'm not gonna do that you know so i went for teaching and, and things like that but what i liked about like hearing about the class and you know ashley fico who's also been on the show and been on the other show um she's like you're you're gonna do this improv thing with visit rochester and i'm like oh uh, okay you know and and it had been a while since i was performing but when you think about it like we have people from all walks of life come in from, from the visit rochester and the cl first class session after that and and that's what i like about this class and, and what we started on in the beginning of this conversation was improv isn't just about performing it, it's a skill right and you do it during every day of your life you know you don't know what's going to happen every second of the day and um and what i enjoy about the class is it's not just like lessons on how to perform but it's just a way to freaking unwind on a, on a rough freaking week i mean the one of the first things we did when we did the formal class was we all got together to get to know each other and really became sort of like a a gripe session you know so. yeah like i i'm i'm big on that like I think that I've been in classes before where people are like, you know, don't bring your bullshit in here, leave your baggage at home, don't bring that shit in the door, kind of like very aggressively like, hey, yeah. but I think that closes, that shuts you off mm -hmm. to where I've any class I've ever, ever taught, I want everybody to come in and completely trust each other, and you can't trust anyone unless we get a good deep you know dive into the baggage that you have currently yeah. that you're carrying around and and so i think that that's like a good thing like let's come in like i'm your therapist he's your therapist she's your therapist yeah and that's the only way you can build build that together because improv is a is a collective art it mm -hmm. is a you know it is something that you're building together you can't go up there like like i said i tried to be when I first got into it, I'm like, I'm a star, I'm center stage. And that's just not how it is. So you need to support everybody else. And it's like, it's like, just like a, in real life, not in real, in real life. And like, you know, in my, in my professional life and everything else, I'm using improv all the time, mm -hmm. but you know, I really am a heady kind of neurotic control freak. And so improv is a way to like, I have OCD. I have these mental, you know, um, you know, issues to where I can go, all right, I can get into a group and I can let that control go and see what we can build naturally together by like letting it go and let the group kind of build something, right. which is amazing. And it, it is kind of like liberating to go, all right, I don't control this. Yeah. You know, I might come in with the idea of, all right, we're the three little pigs and we're selling cocaine to the gingerbread man. You know, like yeah. that might be my idea. And it might evolve into something completely different. And I have to be able to let go of that and watch that kind of build collectively. And I think that's like an amazing, it's an amazing thing. You know, I'm a yeah. person who doesn't fly well. Right. I don't want to fly a plane. So if that yeah. thing starts going awry, I can't do it, you know? Yeah. So I think you get, um, 
you know you get inspired by that sh the strife the things that people are like kind of coming and complaining about like you know and, and it's it's yeah. it's funny because i do remember a couple like i never like identified the to the person like this is where this character came from but i got some character stuff traits from like people being upset about stuff you know um or like just scenes that didn't go right like became her name like the oblivious tonys <laughs> yeah you know and it's like uh, funny like just being able to like you know like i talk about the improv commandments all the time and like yes not, don't judge i think yeah. not judging is like a great thing like you can judge it after the, like let's stop we'll look at it we you know i like to have those like post-mortems on like the scenes you know like yeah. what could you have done what was good in the scene what was bad and um <laughs> it's always like funny the ones that go wacky like that you're like what, what happened this is a train wreck but yeah. if you don't show that it's a train wreck on stage like hey maybe it was just a an amazing character development from right? blitzing the reindeer or whatever he was trying to do yeah, i'm a lizard is what it sounded like and that was the, like that was blizzard the funniest the part of it blizzard the lizard and uh this inside joke that the audience isn't getting at all but essentially we no. had a cast member that was going to come in as this character and we were sure he was going to be tony <laughs> the, and then the, the fluffer for <laughs> yeah i mean i mean it was like a, it was actually like a character this guy was like born to play like he would have been this character if we didn't tell him to do it yeah. and then everybody's yelling for tony to come on yeah. stage and then he comes in as a blitz in the reindeer but he's on his hands and legs and his tongue sticking out <laughs> and so he was oblivious he was oblivious tony yeah yeah and, and those are the fun things that happen along the way and you mentioned the um the Ten Commandments of, of uh, improv, and, and I'd love for you to go over some of those. I know some of them are like kind of redundant in a way, so there's, there's more like there's four <laughs> commandments. But yeah. what, well, there's always a joke that there's there's always only seven improv games, really. You know, there's a, a encyclopedia of a thousand. Mm -hmm. There's only really seven improv games, truly. And um, you know, with the commandments, I think that there's a bunch of them. You know. Um, uh, support supporting your fellow actors mm -hmm. you know saving your uh, trusting your instincts you know when to go on stage when not to go on stage they're all kind of the same they're all kind of the same thing it's like just supporting the scene with what it needs yeah. um which i think is like great it's like that collective like i said like collectively building up together a scene um but like the best ones is like listening. I always think is like one of the best things you can do in life. Like I'm, I'm a sales guy by trade, right? So when I had to like make money, I couldn't make money, you know, performing improv. I got into sales at a young age and, and listening was like such a big thing that I brought from improv into, um, you know, just sitting there and listening to a customer tell me their real complaints mm -hmm. or truly what's bogging them and be able to like take it in. And then think about it for a second and be able to, to give it back. Because if you're not actively listening, it's just like, okay, yeah. you're, you're just putting your own, you're giving your own stuff out and not taking it from, from everybody else. So listening's key. I always like that. I like the one that's don't judge, like don't judge the scene. Mm -hmm. Don't judge your fellow actor. Um, you know, trusting your instincts, trusting your scene partners. I think they're all so, it's all so big, you know, as you're, as you're building. Um, yeah. And it's just like, I think like working at the top of your intelligence, mm -hmm. I think it's like a, a really big thing too. It's like, I think we underestimate everybody in the world so much. We're like, ah, you know, like everything. Like, America's just a bunch of dumb rednecks. We don't know anything. <laughs> but, but honestly, like if you, give, if you give people the benefit of the doubt, like everybody's a lot smarter than you think. 
And if you're really working to the top of your intelligence all day, like trying to figure out the best thing that you could ever put out. And I'm big on that. That's, that's like one of my big things. And I think Frank is um, really supportive with me on this Mm -hmm. is that I always want to give out the best possible product available. So when we perform for nuts and bolts, um, you know, our shows, we always try to set it up for success because we want to give the best product possible. And I come from a background of, I got to see improv from like a paid perspective, right? Like it's for a paid audience. It wasn't improv. I think there's a lot of improv out there for other, other actors, other, Mm -hmm. you know, people doing it for other artists, you know, to watch that. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that, but I've always been involved with something where I'm doing improv for a paid audience. So I always Mm -hmm. think to myself, like, okay, I think about from like almost like a sales perspective. It's like, what's the best possible quality product I can give? What's the value I can give? So. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing that I want to hammer home even even more on this podcast where I think it's it's super beneficial to anybody um, is that you can come in here and yeah, you're going to perform, but like you're learning to, you know, your skill at business, you're learning to interact with people, you're, you know, learning to think on your feet, which is a skill that some people just, you know, haven't developed yet, right? You know, we th- I think about the different yeah. type of people that were in all of those classes. They come from all walks of life, from someone who you don't think would ever speak up at a meeting uh, to, you know, someone who's absolutely like super crazy. <laughs> like, how are they going to calm down yeah. enough to, to stay on point kind of personality? So it's really, it can work for everyone. And it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, like, to see. Like when you see somebody come in, you can, uh, people can almost tell me what they don't like. Don't even tell me what you do for a living. And just by the characters that you pick to play on stage, I will figure it out because I always say there's like a high status, low status characters you pick. And like anybody from like a managerial standpoint with the exception of myself, because I'm just not appropriate. (laughs) I mean, to be like, I am a manager, but I'm not an appropriate manager, I guess. But like, (laughs) you know, most people will be those high status characters, you know, you see, somebody like Rennell from class yep. or like even like at like Ashley Ashley always is like in that high status mm-hmm. uh character she's she's great she's got like that great combination too that's like high status and really out there characters too yeah which I, I love that yeah yeah it's 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 a good and, and like I have. always say you're a u- utility player <laughs> <laughs> it put me in coach I, I always say you're a position. utility player yeah yeah whatever position and that's that's great you know like that original cast of Saturday Night Live, they always said Dan Aykroyd was a utility player. He yeah. could just kind of go oh. wherever he wanted. And it was always my, he was always like my favorite, you know, growing up, like to watch a guy like, like that. And I always try to like emulate my comedy career over over being like a utility player. Mm-hmm. Um, I Like I said, I started wanting to be Bill Murray. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but by the, by the, by the second year, I was like, no, I'd re- instead of being the star, I'd rather play 15 other characters within this ensemble and be kind of like the goofy weird neighbor or whatever because there's just so much more fun to yeah. be everyone else characters you know so what i heard there was sort of like you compared me to dan Aykroyd, which is amazing and then you know you said that you know i'm your favorite which is also amazing thanks mitch favorite utility player <laughs> that's exactly Everyone that's listening yeah. to this show from from our, from our cast, now I, I, don't, no I, I can't pick favorites. <laughs> no, no, I know you're not saying that, but um, funny no, like I, that that class is so amazing. Yeah, it's so amazing, and like honestly, I, I 
if, if anybody listens to this and we get two more people to join the next session, I, I'd love it. I, yeah. I think just introducing improv to more and more people. I don't think people understand like how beneficial it is. Mm-hmm. And you just see somebody like we've had, we've had moments in that class where people have like broke down in tears and just said yeah. how important it was to have these sessions and how much it meant to them yeah. um, just to get through their, their day to day, which is crazy to me. I mean, you hit the nail on the head uh, there, Mitch, like that, was one of the main reasons I wanted to have this this show, like this episode, was I'm like, other people need to hear about how beneficial it's like therapy. Like it's getting everything, it's getting all the yeah. bad out of out of the way, you know, and then kind of poking fun of that yeah. as you go along and and like working together as a team. There's so many great things. Like when you think about business, um, you know, what people are are looking for from like exceptional employees, yeah. these are all the things. It's team building skills. It's learning to solve problems, to think on your feet quickly, um, to to not let your team down. So there's there's just yes. so much of that, right? Um, and and that's what I love about about the class, and you know what I love about you, <laughs> Professor Mitch. You. Um, like yeah. you, you just you have a great way of you know giving feedback too, like making that funny and fun, right? Like you're you're never like yeah like that professor that I was talking about, where like. Yeah, you suck. You're not you're not gonna make it anywhere in this no. world. <laughs> and I think you can see like it got progressively like I got progressively like harder on you guys, like by like level three, but it's not I think there's something to be said about like constructive criticism or like let's break down like what we did good, what we did bad, what yeah. could we have done differently, and just kind of like you know, ruminate on it for a second sure. and like take it all in and see what we can do. But yeah, I I understand where people come from, like dealing with people from uh, like a sales perspective, like all these years. And um, I'm just like, a, I'm a normal human guy. Like I've never yeah. come in from like, I'm this or whatever. I like to like, you know, you guys bring in your baggage. How much of my baggage have I shown you, you, you guys? You know what I mean? I'm right. just like everybody else. You know, you guys yeah. got me as I was starting a, a divorce. You know <laughs> what I mean? So yeah, uh, to be able to, be in there and to be vulnerable in front of each other I think is it's an amazing thing and yeah I, you know I'd say 80 80 percent of the people in the in the world have to work with other people it's, yeah. it's very rare that you get a position like a job where you're just like in a room by yourself you know counting you know beans all day that's not how how it works yeah so having to deal with other people and you know, really being on a team and building towards something, I think everybody could benefit from this from, you know, little kids on the, on the playground to <laughs> full-fledged, you know, billionaire CEOs, like everybody benefits from some improv training. That's an, that's an interesting uh, angle to spin off into a, another, another class kids edition improv with Mitch Wissick. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Learning, me, I, I don't know. <laughs> learning improv on the playground. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> my mouth would, <laughs> I don't know if my mouth would allow me to uh, teach. They would let me teach children or not. Hold on one second. I'm just going to let the dogs out. Yo. Chase squirrels all day, these dogs. Yeah, I don't know if they I, I, I actually, I think we did one teen session one summer at mm. Jiva. There was one, well, maybe one teen session. And that was, uh, yeah, there was no swearing in that one. But yeah. <laughs> I, I have a hard time. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, I, you know, I, I think, like I said, I think the classes are great. And actually, like, why don't you tell us a little bit about how, how the classes work, you know, how people can, you know, learn about them, where they go, that kind of stuff. And let's get that, that part of the business yeah. angle out of the way. 
so following um, nuts and bolts uh, improv comedy like that's follow nuts and bolts first and foremost. Come and see us at Comedy at the Carlson. Follow Comedy at the Carlson on social media. I mean, mm-hmm. it is the single best place to see comedy in Rochester. I mean, what is it? Where are the other venues you can get to see national headlining acts? And then see me do dick and fart jokes once a month on Saturday. You know what I mean? Um, so it's 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 great. Um, we got a we have a show coming up February twenty fourth. Um, we've got a show um, at Comedy at the Carlson, and you know I'm working right now on building the next set of classes, which would be um, another improv session with a with a little more character development, character driven, like creating, yeah. you know, three-dimensional characters and improv. Uh, I think that'll be a fun session. I think we already have like 10 people that are interested and that'll yeah. go up online. And, you know, like I said, just follow comedy, at the Carlson, follow nuts and bolts, comedy improv. Yeah. Um, and we'll, and we'll follow put all... me at Mitch Wissick. <laughs> yeah. Follow. We got to change that to professor Wissick, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to beat that joke into the ground. Um, no, but I, I, oh, man, I'm... <laughs> sorry, go ahead. No, as a guy, like, like just like my, you know, my family, I'm like the one person that went to college, my family, you know what I mean? Like my family <laughs> didn't go to college and they're like, you know, a professor, they're yeah. like, you got, you got C's. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> you can go to community college. No, I, I think it's great. I think what you do is wonderful. And, um, it's a terrific way for people to kind of get involved uh, in something that either, you know, maybe they, they were performers and get back involved like I did, uh, or they want to try something new. And um, so we're going to put all that information that Mitch talked about socials uh, for nuts and bolts and comedy at the Carlson and Mitch himself uh, in the show notes. I urge you to connect with Mitch, um, connect with nuts and bolts, come to a show. Um, You know, if you're not in the Rochester area, there are comedy clubs probably near you that do some similar things. So definitely look into that. Um, but Mitch, thanks so much for being on the yeah, show. Yeah, and if anybody has honestly, if you have my my social, if anybody has any questions about stuff, you can always reach out to. Like I'm a very uh, easy going, accessible human. You know, God, ask yeah. I have a lot of people that that have interest that they send my way from Comedy Carlson. Like, are you guys teaching comedy classes or whatever? And I'm always like, yeah, sure. Here's the here's the info. If you have any any questions on that or how to get in, or if you're scared or if you're nervous, how many people do we have? Nick, they're like so terrified that before a first show or something like yeah. that, you know. And yeah. I'm telling you, there's nothing to ever be scared about. And uh, I think it's an amazing thing to watch somebody take that first step of seeing so many people come through the door like that. Well, I was a teacher and I right. was a little nervous to talk in front of the students, and I took a class, and now I have, you know, um, a bigger voice or, you know, you just. I mean, just run down the list of the people like, yeah. like Lori, who's, uh, you know, teaching or, or running the e-gaming, you know, yeah. like dealing with students and, and like, you know, Ashley, I just, all you guys are so great. And Jess Dakotas, shout out to her from yeah. your other show, you know, yeah. dealing with people on, on the other real utility estate. Player. It's just, <laughs> I think she's a great, utility. Yeah. yeah, everybody's, I'm so proud of everybody yeah. in the class and, uh, I can't wait to get some some more students and to kind of keep this going. So it's been it's been a joy for me to be able to take you know twenty years of improv performing and then start giving back. I'm I'm kind of hit that at forty. I started doing the same thing kind of in my pro- professional career in sales too. Like how can I mentor other people to yeah. do better or to try something new? And I think that that's 
important because I had people along the way that took the time for me to do the same thing. And I think that that's big. Yeah. I can't think of a better way to end it, Mitch. Thanks for, for being on the show and for all that you do to make the world a funnier place. And uh, hey, thanks, Nick. can't wait to see you back on the stage. All right, man. Thanks so much. Thank you for joining us in another episode of That Sounds Terrific. Don't forget to check out the show notes and our website at thatsoundsterrific.com to find the contact information and the best ways to volunteer with the organizations that we feature. If you know someone that is doing terrific things and think they should be featured in a future episode, be sure to email us their name, contact info, and short description of what they're doing at thatsoundsterrific at gmail.com. If you like our show, give us a five-star rating and give us some social media love by liking our Facebook page, That Sounds Terrific. Follow us on Twitter at Sounds Terrific 2 and Instagram at Sounds Terrific. We love hearing your feedback on how to make our show sound even more terrific. Till next time.